Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. This is Dale Jarrett reminding you to watch new 90-minute episodes of NASCAR America weekdays starting at 5.30 Eastern. You'll hear from the stars of the sport, plus analysis from icons and Hall of Famers. 90-minute editions of NASCAR America, weekdays on NBCSN. Greetings. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Our guest this week is Edsel Ford. He is known as the godfather of Ford performance, or nay, Ford racing, as he seems to prefer. Edsel is the great-grandson of Ford Motor Company founder, Henry Ford. Edsel also is a member of Ford's board of directors, and he obviously has some strong ties to the automotive industry. But he was a guest on the NASCAR NBC podcast because of his immersion in racing over the years. Edsel is a self-described ambassador between Ford Motor Company and its racing teams. And as you'll hear him talk about, he enjoys going to the racetrack not so much as to watch the racing cars, but as to spend time in the garage talking with team members. He is a confidant of Wood Brothers Racing co-owners Len and Eddie Wood, and Edsel was a key part of brokering Wood Brothers Racing's uh, move to align with Team Penske and return the number 21 Ford Fusion to full-time competition last season. Uh, Edsel also has been a voter for the NASCAR Hall of Fame since its inception. He had Formula One legend Jackie Stewart stand up in his wedding. Edsel has more than a half century of involvement in racing. His first trip to the 24 Hours of Le Mans was in 1966, which made last year's visit 50 years later to that same uh, prestigious race in France uh, all that much sweeter because Ford also returned last year and and won its class. So we talked a little bit about sports cars, we talked stock cars, and we talked a little about Tony Stewart, who will become a member of Ford uh, as a team owner next year through Stewart Haas Racing. I did slip in a question about whether we could see smoke in a Ford 
in France. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate you listening as always, even during the off season. If you're hearing us via iTunes, please leave a rating or review or please subscribe or have your friends subscribe. It really helps us out. There are many other options for finding us. Audio Boom, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Want to give a big shout out to Stitcher for featuring the most recent Danica Patrick episode on its front page last week. That made it one of our most listened to and downloaded episodes, if not the most listened to. Um, Stitcher has been a supporter of this podcast, which we really appreciate. They also featured other parts of the NBC Sports podcasting lineup, such as PA and Florio with Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio, uh, Pro Basketball Talk. I have several episodes there that I'm, I'm way behind on, and I need to, to binge listen as a Lakers fan. I need to catch up on the recent episodes with Baxter Holmes and the author of the Kobe Bryant book. Uh, and of course, there's also always the, the Tara and Johnny podcast on the NBC Sports podcasting lineup. They recently had some holiday episodes, which I, I need to go back and, and catch up on. Uh, but for now, let's, let's catch up on some NASCAR. And uh, here's our conversation with Edsel Ford, which we taped at Homestead Miami Speedway on Saturday, November 19th. Uh, Edsel, thanks for being here. So obviously, this is a big weekend for Ford, not just because of the race entitlement, but you guys have a driver in the championship for this year. Um, do you? How many races do you get to every year? Well, I get to about maybe half a dozen or so. Uh-huh. Not as many as I used to get to, but, you know, I like Ford Championship weekend. I like Phoenix. I was at Phoenix last weekend. I typically go to the two MIS races. I go to Daytona. So, I mean, I haven't been to Talladega, uh-huh. which I really want to go to. So I'm thinking next year I'll – have to put that on the schedule and make sure I go there. You've never I've been? Never been to Talladega. Really? No. <laughs> I went to Bristol, and that was once, and that was enough. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah. I've never been to Talladega. Similar experience if you've been to Bristol. Just yeah, right. more firewood and bead signs <laughs> yeah, that right. you're going to see in Talladega exactly, than yeah. you saw in uh, Tennessee. Um, so I did a little bit of research, and I've been told you are known as the godfather of Ford performance. Yes, well, they changed my title. <laughs> yes. I used to be the godfather of Ford Racing, which I really still prefer. Right. But we had a marketing change at our company, and now I'm not godfather of Ford Performance. Okay. We used to be called Ford Racing. Now, what was yes. the reason for that change? Um, you'll have to ask someone above my, my status <laughs> in the company. You could ask my older son. He'd know. <laughs> but but you, you still like Ford Racing? Yeah, well, that's prefer- what we're doing. I yeah. mean, we're racing. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I, as I said to some people, I, yeah, Ford Performance to me is the, is the overarching organization mm-hmm. that Dave Parasek runs. Right. Um, and, and I think what we do here is called racing. So mm-hmm. I, I thought there was probably room for two. Right. Ford Performance, the overarching, and then Ford Racing, what we do at, right. at tracks. Right. So. right. so in your role as the godfather of <laughs> formerly Ford Racing, now Ford Performance, uh, you're, from what I understand, you're kind of more, it's almost like an ambassadorial sort of thing, like where you, you sort of just glad handle a little bit, make yeah. sure you, you, yeah. you talk to everybody, tell, tell yeah. me about what you do. Well, I mean, I've been in racing for a long time, um, and um, I, I do think this is very much an ambassadorial role, and, and I know a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, I put, I put people together. I've, I've, uh, done a few things like that. Um, and I've been in it for so long, you know, it's, I enjoy it. I think, I think the company sees value in me coming. Mm-hmm. Putting people together. That, that sounds like deal making. Well, there was a few deals that I've made over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you can elaborate on that enough time has passed. 
Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, one of the things I think that I'm most proud of is is getting the Wood Brothers a, you know, a full a full year ride, and we we finally figured out how to do that. And um, and I'm also very proud of the fact that that I, that I think that. Uh, uh, with with my nudging, um, the woods went over to Penske Racing, uh, Penske Performance, and I think I think that was that was worthwhile as well. And I had a hand in that. Right. Um, so there's been a few things I've done. Yeah. Both well, of things those things of course happened recently with the woods returning right. full time. Yep. Uh, this season after what in eight year absence. Yeah, I eight think. year absence. Yeah. 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 I think they left. Yeah, they left in 08. Right. Right. Or right. the end of 07. And so. Uh, the Wood Brothers are one of many teams. What you, you, do you make a tour of the, the race shops during the preseason or during the season? And well, I typically do a uh, preseason. Preseason, um, okay. and I enjoy that. I go down for uh, two or three days to Charlotte, um, and I'll go around and, and you know visit all the teams. And it's it's fun for me, and and it's you know I think they enjoy it. I think the family representation is a good thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go see Doug Yates at, at the engine shop, and that's really fun. I enjoy that a lot. Um, so I, you know, now we've got, you know, we've got the new team, so I'm looking forward to, to meeting that organization, the Stuart Haas organization and, and, um, saying hello to them. So have you made any overtures or stops yet in Kannapolis or do you <laughs> no, have to wait until the banner? No, changes? no, I think we have to wait until, <laughs> until, until a bow tie comes down and the oval goes up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's probably inappropriate for me to do that. You'll have, uh, I, I guess you'll have more, as many teams as you've had in the fold in quite a while. I think this is the most we've ever had yeah. uh, that I can remember, and and you know we get we get four great drivers and we get a first class organization, um, and I'm very excited to see how it's going to get sorted out. Mm-hmm. What what do you anticipate being um, some of those challenges, or, or how can you help as as that transition occurs where you you, you add four cars with Stuart Haas Racing? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know what my role is going to be because it because but I think you use the right term as an ambassadorial role. There is no planning; you just show up and and mm-hmm. you you be helpful and you you know talk to people and congratulate people and and um, you know I I always remember Carl Edwards always thanking me for coming to car races hmm. and I thought I thought that was nice. Um, and that, that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy knowing the drivers and, and being of help if I can, uh, anything like that. So, right, right. Yeah. When you – I know you don't just meet the drivers such as Carl Edwards or, or Doug Yates or, or team owners or various power brokers. Um, I know you also talk to team members and, and people behind the scenes as, as well when you make these – the, the, these tours of shops. Yeah, it, it, well, I mean, I, I said I said to to uh, Kevin Kennedy last night at dinner. I said, you know, it was really interesting because I did an interview the other day, and the guy said to me, you know, you spent the entire time at Le Mans in the garage. Why did you do that? <laughs> and I thought, I, th- I always thought that's where I was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, and I know the crew members, and they know me. Right. Um, and over the years, I've you know I've gotten to be pretty, pretty friendly with some of them. Yeah. Um, and because they're the they're the the, the the innards of the watch. They they're the people that really make it tick. Right. Um, and and without them, um, you know, it it wouldn't happen. And mm-hmm. you know, we all know it's won and lost in the pits. Um, and if you know, if I can be helpful, if I can be there to be their cheerleader, that's what I should be doing. Right. Who's maybe somebody that might get overlooked? That I mean, we we spend so much time. I I talk with people in that media center all the time about. You know, as we write stories, we're always quoting to the drivers or the crew chiefs or the the team owners. Like you said, there's 
a few hundred others that are responsible for the yeah. performance of that yeah. car. Does anybody yeah. stand out to you as like, hey, that's a guy who maybe didn't always get his just due that, that you know well? Yeah, well, I, you know, there's no one comes to my mind right off the bat, but, you know, um, you know, it, it would be interesting for someone like you to, you know, go to a team and interview a crew member and, mm-hmm. and just get their perspective. Because their perspective, in my opinion, is a lot different. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at things differently. Um, I think they probably have different opinions than the, than the car owners or the crew chiefs or the drivers would have. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to sort of see what they think. Right, right. Now, you are also a uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame voter. I am. Um, have, and I am as well. And yeah. Have you been – were you there for the inception since – Yeah, I've been okay. there since 10. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just sit in the back. Yeah, me too. Well, sometimes <laughs> I'll take the mic and say something controversial, but thankfully it never leaves the room, as you know. I thought only Kyle Petty did that. <laughs> sometimes I get his back. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Kyle's not in the room anymore. No. Um, well, as a Hall of Fame voter, I always – ask other voters this because i'm curious like what kind of criteria are you looking at as you uh four drivers (laughs) not by did you expect me to say something else (laughs) surely you voted for some other drivers outside the blue oval right (laughs) well uh maybe once (laughs) i think that i think the nascar hall of fame is is really interesting and i think that the uh the inductees have been have been very good and have done a lot for the sport and Mm -hmm. i look at that you know how much have these people done for the sport um and you know frankly i think we've overlooked some crew chiefs that maybe should have been in frankly completely agree um and and you know have we done enough about track owners or track promoters and and um you know, there's the, the, this sport isn't just drivers, right? And it isn't just car owners, right? It's a lot of other people that make this whole industry tick, right? Um, you know, there are sponsors, quite frankly, that we overlooked, yeah, that should have been maybe in the first class because if it wasn't for one or two of those sponsors, we might not be here today. Talking about R.J. Reynolds, yes, yes, obviously, yeah. Anybody yes. else? No, but that's the one that always comes to my mind that I always vote for every year. Yeah, because yeah. they should be in. You're you're right about the crew chiefs because I, I think it was very telling that Dale Inman was in the third class. Yeah, but he wasn't on the ballot the first year. Right. <laughs> which exactly. I yeah, think I know. Pretty I know. much says it all. I know. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And you know, they're engine builders, and you know, Robert Yates, and you know, I mean, they're people like that. That you know, I mean, without without the engines, we wouldn't have races, right? Right. So we ought to think about that too, and not just Robert, but. Right. Other engine builders. Right, right. So I know that um, we mentioned the Wood Brothers, and I've been told that uh, obviously Eddie is a voter as well, yep. Eddie Wood, um, co-owner of the team. And, and I understand that you guys actually have dinner and kind of d- d- discuss things the we night do. before. Guilty okay. as charged. Um, <laughs> no, there's no. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, frankly, you know, whenever I, whenever I come to, I mean, Eddie and Len and I are very close. So we have been for a long time. And, and, um, they're definitely a part of our family. And so, frankly, whenever they're in Detroit or whether I'm in Charlotte, we always have a meal together. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that's what you do. I mean, friends are friends and friends are forever. Um, and I enjoy them. I enjoy their company a lot. 
Yeah. I mean, put aside the fact that they are who they are and put aside the fact who I am. We're just good friends. Right. Um, and we laugh and, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a wonderfully enjoyable relationship. Right. Obviously, you, you have a, a relationship with them that is personal and professional. And, and you said you, you helped in, in getting them back full time and, and nudging them toward the Penske side of things. When we look at Wood Brothers Racing, as I think we all know and appreciate that that the, the historical significance, obviously, and not just the longevity, but the drivers they've had in the car that that yeah. roster is is filled with NASCAR yep. Hall of Famers and is quite incredible. But from your perspective, uh, what what cachet do the Wood Brothers have? You know, maybe what, again, what do we overlook that the Wood Brothers bring to like the tapestry of NASCAR that that's important? Well, I don't think I don't think that the press has overlooked anything about the Wood Brothers. I mean, I think I think that they're uh, treated fairly, and um, um, they're a first-class organization. And you know, everybody knows what they do, and everybody knows Lynn and Eddie Wood, and and you know, um, it, they've got a new crew chief, and and I think he's done a good job, and I think Ryan's done a very good job as their driver. And um, you know, I no, I don't think there's anything that's been overlooked. Yeah. Why is it? Why was it important to? I mean, I know why, but obviously, want your opinion. I mean, why, why was it important to have them remain part of NASCAR and have them be out here on a full-time basis again? I mean, is it is there is there a void when they're not here every week? Yeah, I, I think there is a void. I mean, you know, they're they're uh, uh, they are the longest surviving NASCAR team, um, and and that's important. That says something. Mm-hmm. That says something about the sport, mm-hmm. and I think it says something about them. Um, you know, it's been 60 plus years, 61 or 62 years they've been around. That's a long time. And they are the oldest surviving team. Um, and and it's, it's like Richard Petty. There are, just, there are just things that are part of NASCAR that just talk about the DNA, that are part of the history, that are, are, uh, take us back to when, you know, racing was a different kind of sport and not as complicated as it is today. And it's the Wood Brothers, it's Richard Petty, it's, you know, people like that, that, that um, you know, we always have to have around in this sport. Because they're important, um, you know. It's it's the, the old notion of of um, Henry Ford once said, you know, every car should have a rearview mirror because you always have to look at the past to understand the future. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's important. That's what the Wood Brothers and Richard Petty are all about. It's right. it's a little bit of the past, but it helps us look forward. Right. It just occurred to me that if you're voting for Ford drivers, that. Now, when Tony Stewart goes on the ballot in a couple of years, you now have, <laughs> have permission. Not, not not after what Jim Campbell said about Tony's tenure with Chevrolet. Good grief, he'll always be a Chevrolet driver, right? Well, that is because he's never going to drive a Ford. <laughs> well, true, about true. It, well, you know. he'll, he'll wear shirts that have your logos yeah, on them. Yeah. I think that, that, that still count? counts, I guess, I don't right? Count. I, don't know. I, I suppose. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that's that was a, a topic of much discussion this year when when the announcement was made. Um, I, you know, from from your perspective, as someone who's been synonymous, obviously not just because of your name, but because yeah, you've, um, you know, you know Ford as well as anybody. What is it like, I guess, when you have a driver who is so associated with another manufacturer come under your umbrella? Grant, not as a driver, but still bringing his personal brand. What, what do you think that means? Yeah, well, you know, I think I think that's a really interesting question because uh, brand loyalty is is a, a surviving point at, at all of the manufacturers because we survive as a company on brand loyalty. Um, and, you know, Tony Stewart has had an ongoing relationship with Chevrolet for a long time. Does that bother me? Not in the least. Mm-hmm. Not in the least. I mean, he's been with them. He's driven their products. He's raced their products. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm frankly, I'm glad his team is on our side. Right. Um, 
So I don't I don't have any problem with that. Right. But I do look at the Wood Brothers, and I know I talk a lot about them. But you know, they they've never raced any other product but Ford mm-hmm. um, for sixty two years. That means something. Right. Right. Is there a chance we could see Tony Stewart in a Ford? Perhaps not of the stock car variety? <laughs> well, you never know, do you? <laughs> I can't announce. The Godfather never announces anything. Okay. Okay. I bring this up, of course, uh, because uh, Tony Stewart certainly has, has indicated his interest in racing sports cars. And I've interviewed him before and I've asked him about Le Mans. And I know that that's something that's on his wish list. Yep. And yep. I know Le Mans means a lot to you as well that uh, I, I've been told – one of your big racing highlights was you, you went to Le Mans for the first time 50 years ago? Yeah, 50 years with ago. With your father? 1966, yeah, yeah. yeah, with my father. Yeah. yeah it was fun. So it must <laughs> uh, it must have been pretty special to go back um, with, with your family. Well, it was, it was special to have my children with me, mm-hmm. um, which was really terrific. Um, and, and the victory on the, on the Sunday was, was – uh, you know, a remarkable, a remarkable day. I mean, to be able to be there 50 years later and watch us win the class was, was really great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, one of my top five highlights of my racing career probably was that victory last year or this year. Right. It was really fun. Right. Yeah. Put, put that in perspective a little bit for, for people who might be listening to this as a NASCAR fan mm. and don't know a lot about sports mm. cars. Like, well, because this was Ford's return yeah. to, to that 24 hour yes. long race, yeah. which is so, Huge around the world, but obviously sports cars not as big in America. What, put that in perspective. What that meant for Ford? Well, uh, you know, Ford's been in sports car racing for a long, long time, um, and uh, and it's just part of who we are, and it's part of what we race. Um, and I think, I think, well, it was interesting. I went with Raj Nair to the basement of our design center. Um, and he said to me, he said, I've got to show you something. And I said, well, why are we going to the basement? He said, because it's a studio downstairs and I'm going to show you a car that no one else can see. So we go in behind closed doors into the studio downstairs in the basement of Ford's design center. And there's the GT. And I said, well, what are you going to do with it? He said, oh, we're going to race it and we're going to take it to Le Mans. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was awestruck. Yes. I said, really? We're going to go back? He said, we're going back. Yeah. We're going to go back with four cars and 12 drivers. And it was it was remarkable. Right. It was remarkable. And I hadn't met any of these drivers before. They're all international, you know, sports car drivers. And I, I've sort of not been in that scene for a few years. And um, these drivers got it. They just got it. Mm-hmm. They knew we were a family company. This was a family event. Yep. You know, my cousin was there. Uh, you know, the, his family was there. I was there with my family. I mean, this was a family race at Le Mans this year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And they and, and, and the crew got it. Um, you know, I spent I spent almost the entire race in the garage because um, that's where I wanted to be because I wanted to I wanted to be if we were going to win I wanted to be there I didn't want to miss anything right. uh, and it was it was spectacular yeah huh. and the other thing I'll tell you that that uh, you know you know people talk about bucket lists uh-huh. I had an opportunity at Le Mans this year to drive a Ford GT an 06, 05, 05, an 05 GT at Le Mans on the track I, it was absolutely remarkable and I was. So it was the it was the uh, three cars that won Le Mans '66 went out first, then the new GT went out, and then uh, then a, an older GT, and then me. Mm-hmm. And we were you know we were 100 miles an hour down the down the Molson Strait. I'm thinking this is this is good. I like this. <laughs> you know, it was it was fun. I mean, this whole 
thing that we did in Lamont was very exciting. And, you know, we're, we've now told everyone we're going to go back for three years in sports car racing, um, both here with uh, – and Chip Ganassi's going to be, the, as you know, the team manager. So um, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. This wasn't the time you went – I heard you did 186 miles an hour in a road rally. Yeah, recently? I did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was that fun was too. Also a Ford GT. It was in okay. a Ford GT. Yeah, but older. Well, my car it was my personal car. Yeah, that was pretty. That was exciting. So I took my wife with me too. <laughs> did she enjoy? She it? didn't. She didn't bat an eye. She actually wanted to go for another another uh, another lap, and we ran out of time. So I'm going to try to take the car back this year to the same place and, and buy three. Did you ever race professionally? Or, no, but okay. I've been to you know I've been to all the driving schools, Bondurant, and you know I've been to them all. Obviously, so, you have an affinity for for speed. If you yeah, like I going like a hundred yeah, <laughs> miles an hour, yeah, yeah it was fun. <laughs> I right mean, business. it's not you know it people people go well that's really fast. You know when you're concentrating behind the wheel and it's in a straight line, mm-hmm. it's not terribly complicated. It's just really fast. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was good good time. Yeah, yeah. if you have to turn and shift yeah that break. would be that, that would be, be a, a lot more, a lot different a lot more complicated i think a little little trickier yeah, yeah. so as someone who's never covered a, a sports car event an endurance race i'm just curious how many of the 24 hours did you stay awake oh at le mans this at year mans. oh yeah. no no i'm not you know i don't know i have to go i'm gonna have dinner and you know get up the next morning so i think we were there probably for of the 24 hours we were probably there the family was there probably a total of 12 okay gotcha all right. You know, there's not much going on at night. Yeah. And it's really monotonous at night. Okay. You know, and you can't see the cars too terribly well. Right. You know, except if you're in the garage, you can see them go by. But if, if you're in the stands, the nighttime looks a lot different than the daytime does. Right. Daytime's much easier. Right, right, right. Okay. Something I was always curious about is some, because I've never, I've read about them, but I've never yeah. actually covered yeah. one. And I've just yeah. always wondered how much time do you need to put in to be considered official to get your badge of yeah. sport, <laughs> sports you know, card. I think if you saw three hours in the morning and three hours in the next day, okay, that's, you know, that's, six, that's, six hours is probably all you need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know for the future. Um, so one more for you. So I, I understand that, um, and we talked about, you know, your, your exposure to international racing here through yep. Le Mans, um, that Jackie Stewart is, is one of your best friends. Jackie Stewart was a, was an usher in my wedding. Really? Yep. Okay. I've known Jackie for 50 years, and I'm very close with him. Yeah. And I, I, I got hooked in when I went to Le Mans in 1966. The head of public affairs for 40 Europe said, well, you know, would you like to go to Formula One race, a couple of Formula One races that summer? Oh, I said, yes, I'd like to do that. So, you know, I got introduced to Jackie Stewart, and, um, and he and I became fast friends, and he was with uh, the Tyrrell organization then with, with the Cosworth engines. So I followed Formula One for, I don't know, I guess maybe 10 years or so. Um, and and the, the sad part about Formula One then was, you know, there weren't safe barriers, and, um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the Jackie brought a lot of uh, important changes to Formula One in terms of safety. But at the last, his last race was at Watkins Glen, and it was the time that his co-driver Francois Sever was killed at, in a in a test. And uh, Jackie just came in. And he he said, and I remember sitting in his. He had a little camper, and I was sitting in the camper with my. I guess my. I think my wife was with me. I don't remember. But um, he said, "That's it. I quit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drive anymore." So it was. Uh, it was quite something. Yeah. And then I said to him, in, in very bad taste, I said, "Could I have your helmet?" <laughs> and he said, "Yes." So I have Jackie Stewart's helmet 
from that final race. That he wore from the very last race he was in. So he's been around a lot. I mean, perhaps it wasn't so much in bad taste because wasn't that sort of an accepted part of doing business um, in that era, really, um, that that he came became yeah. a star? I mean, the 50s, yeah, 60s, 70s. But, you know, it, it's, it's never uh, accepted, but, no, but, but the, it was understood, right? We lost a lot of really great drivers yeah. um, that, you know, unfortunately, I mean, Art and Senna, I mean, there's a, there a whole host of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that terrible accident Nicky Lauda was in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, Nicky didn't die, but, I mean, it, it, it was it, – it was – it was a different kind of racing, right? You know, it that style isn't around anymore because of all the safety things that are happening, right? Um, but you know, I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen John Force, uh, you know, have have accidents. You know, I've been I mean, I've been around to a lot of kind of motor racing. I was I was uh, with Jack Roush when he first started drag racing, um, so I've I've seen a lot of. But but the safety is such a big issue. Um, mm-hmm. All the new devices, all the Hans devices, and you know, drag racing. I think after John Force's big accident, I mm-hmm. think really got serious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you can see. You know, now in in, uh, in top fuel, you're seeing enclosed bodies. You know, I mean, I remember the days with Don the Snake Prudhomme and been watching these guys. Um, you know, in California, go drag racing at 300 miles an hour with no protection. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had helmets and driving suits, but, but now, I mean, the safety has become such a big issue um, that, and it's really across all forms of motor racing, which is good. Right, right. It is good, yeah. and obviously the stats bear that out. Yeah, they do. But sometimes you wonder. I mean, I wonder. I, I'm part of a generation of journalists that, um, aside from the death of Dale Earnhardt, really hasn't had that experience that the the yeah. Jackie Stewart generation had yeah, all and, the Jackie Stewart they, they were falling falling away yeah you know. it always looms yeah um yeah. yeah interesting interesting to think about um well I hate to end on a down note so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll end on a high note yeah let's let, 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 let's end on this note um your first car uh obviously your first car being from the family that you're in a little bit different right. for others was right. a '64 Ford Mustang Mustang mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. a gift on your 16th mm-hmm. birthday from, from your father it was, it was. um but uh it has a little bit of a funny backstory i understand what was uh what was the story of that well, well no i mean it 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 uh i my my mother was from long long island so mm-hmm. we we went out one summer and um i let this friend of mine drive the car <laughs> and he he attacked the driveway too quickly and rolled it yes and it was a total write-off and so, you know, that was a long time ago. And every time I see him, I said, remember that, what you did to my Mustang? <laughs> <laughs> but I found pictures of it in the design center the other day. So I, I keep the pictures around to remind myself how much I really love that car. <laughs> it was pretty white, cool. Pearl white with a yeah. blue. Yeah, it was wonderful. It how, was a beautiful car. How many miles did you get on oh, it? Not much. <laughs> not much. Because I think he rolled it soon after my father gave it to me. Nice. So maybe, maybe I had it for a couple of years. I can't remember, but it... But I've had a lot of Mustangs, a lot of different cars. So, what is? Uh, do you have a personal favorite from the Ford lineup? Over yes, because someone asked me that question once, and and I said it's a sort of. I have four children, four boys, and I said it's sort of like you know, what's your favorite son? Mm-hmm. And um, my answer is, and 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 it's an honest answer is my favorite Ford car is called Sweepstakes. Okay, uh, and it was the car that Henry Ford won his first and only race in 1901. Um, and and uh, it's my favorite car because I think if he had not won that race, yeah. Ford Motor Company might not exist today. Right. Because he raised a lot of fans and a lot of money after that race, and I think they finally took Henry Ford seriously. Huh. 
this actually leads me to a, a good way to end because somebody told me about this as well. And um, there was a trophy that he won for winning oh, yes. this race in 1901. Oh, yes. And you're yeah. still looking for it. Yeah. So that's uh, th- that's an interesting story because um, Alexandra Winton was, um, was, was the premier sports car driver of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever Winton appeared, you know, it, it – I don't know what modern day version of, of Alexander Winton, but he was the premier driver. And uh, the, 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 the people that put this race up went to him and said, well, what would you like as a trophy? Because we know you're going to win. Mm-hmm. So he said, I, I would like uh, a uh, punch bowl. So they, 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 went, they, made, they had this punch bowl made. And um, for the of course, th- race. this yeah. is the sweepstakes race. Yeah. And so Winton collapsed after four laps and Henry Ford won the race and the punch bowl was given to Henry Ford. I have combed everything. I cannot find the punch bowl. I've been through Henry Ford's records. I've been through the, the day that my great grandmother died. A lot of things went to auction. No punch bowl. Hmm. We cannot find the punch bowl. And uh, so it's been it's been um, it's been fun for me, mm-hmm. you know. I've had you know, I've had the the PR people and everyone try to help me find the punch bowl, and it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, you don't have it, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I wish you much luck in finding the punch bowl. Thank you, and wish Thank you guys you. much success on the track. It was a pleasure Thank having you. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, very thanks for being such. I appreciate it. Our thanks again to Edsel Ford for joining us. Thanks as well to Dan Zacharias, Kevin Candy, and Matt Fancett at Campbell and Company for helping make this uh, conversation happen. We've now had manufacturer representation on the podcast from Ford and Toyota. Uh, we had David Wilson from T- uh, TRD a few months ago. We're hoping to complete the NASCAR manufacturing trifecta. Uh, we've asked about having someone from Chevrolet, and we are working on that. Uh, hopefully, in the future, hopefully, in the new year, we will have somebody from the bow tie. Um, here as well. It's the NASCAR offseason, but the NASCAR and NBC podcast continues. We should be back next week with another episode, and we will have another episode before the year is out with SiriusXM NASCAR radio host and indie rock legend Mojo Nixon. Uh, we taped this a few months ago. Mojo has been on my case about why we haven't uh, played it since then. That's my fault that it got held up, but Mojo is always worth waiting for. So stick around for fun there. That'll be uh, available sometime uh, before the end of December. Thanks, as always, to Tess Quinlan for producing all of these NASCAR and NBC podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes for automatic downloads of new episodes. And as always, the NASCAR and NBC podcast also is available on Audioboom, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, any method of listening to a podcast. You can pretty much find the NASCAR and NBC podcast and also check out those same places for the NBC Sports podcast lineup. If you've got ideas, I'm listening. Send them to me on Twitter. That's at Nate Ryan. And uh, thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day Savings at the Home Depot. 
tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service.